0: Welcome back to the old Volkswagen podcast. My name's Dan Locke and I'm still with my co-host, Mr. Matt Waldock. How are you, buddy? You're right?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's all good. All good in the hood.
0: <laughs> Last week, you would have heard that we did a deep dive on the T4, the Volkswagen T4. We did a deep dive. We had a little history lesson here on the podcast. If you haven't heard that already, make sure you go back and give it a listen. I had fun li- doing that. Did you Did you learn a little bit? I suppose you already know quite a lot about t 4s It's
1: a few bits and pieces that it was different, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, because we're going to obviously carry on and do a few more of these uh, types of episodes where we do a deep dive slash history lesson on different Volkswagen models is this something that you are interested in do you like learning about the history of these vehicles
1: there's a few um there's a there's a, there's a i think it's based on a pirate it's called a derby ah yes yes hmm. i've heard of this and it's a rare thing but it's quite interesting that's quite like an interesting name isn't it hmm that has the potential to be our one of our next uh, models that we look into and do a little history lesson what do you think and the other thing as well Because they've always Like like the Jetta It's always been called the Jetta mm. in like America and that I've Bora uh, Vin- But wh- what about the Volkswagen Mark One Jetta? Was
0: that always called the Jetta in the UK?
1: Yeah Yeah uh, they, Yeah And then they made a coupe Or two-door And that was like All Europe uh, mm. If they went to America at all but yeah, the Mark 1 and the Mark 2, they're done 2-door. Yeah, they're quite rare.
0: Interesting. Now, I think the more um, the more episodes we do of these deep dives, I don't suppose we're doing them in any particular order, you know, because that would be going way back. But I suppose throughout the series of doing these deep dive episodes, we are going to learn more and more and more about each model and uh, each thing that we dive into and... Uh, I always say it, but it does make more pieces of the puzzle come together to show us the big picture, to give us a better understanding of what was happening behind closed doors of Volkswagen, don't you know? Yes, very much so. Yeah. But um, no, before we before we start, let's have a little catch up. What have you been
1: up to? Busy, busy. <laughs> working on cars and i done, what did I do? What have I been doing this week? Very quick question. I've been busy doing stuff and I can't remember what I've been doing. <laughs> you know,
0: Putting out fires again, no doubt. Uh, Not literally, but you know, uh,
1: what have I been doing? I've just been like just clearing up work and getting jobs in and getting them done. Uh, done a cam belt yesterday on my friend's transport forum, and he's gonna paint my T4 little one. Uh, okay. The, um, you did a one point
0: eight. A uh, 180 conversion on a Mark II Golf, didn't you? Oh, i put the engine in.
1: You put an engine in, yeah, yeah. no biggie, just no. put an engine in, it's fine. Yeah, I put an engine in yesterday. Wow, just like that. And then I'm going to do the other bits and pieces through the week, get that done out of the way. Got five jobs in this week. Yeah, I've just been tidying up, getting jobs done, getting things sorted. And you went to, did you go to a car show today? went to a
0: uh, auto jumble an auto jumble that's one thing right that i was always i've always wanted to go to is an auto jumble i think now this is going to let people in i think i'd prefer an auto jumble slash swap meet uh i think that's what they uh, they yeah. call them a lot in america don't they a swap meet yeah i think i'd
1: prefer that to a just a car show did this, you know I mean? the, this was a car show. yeah the, it was it wasn't very big it was yeah, it was quite disappointing on the uh on the uh auto jumble side of things. Really? Yeah. And a lot of it was air cooled stuff as well.
0: Which you absolutely hate, don't you? Well I don't hate, but
1: not my cup of tea.
0: <laughs> yeah, not not your cup of tea, which we'll dive into another time.
1: Um Yeah. It was good to get out. I went with Mate Rich and and that and yeah, it's good. Um Got a few bits and bobs for the workshop yeah got some because i uh don't know what you would call them it's like tin pictures yeah it. plaques and tin posters yeah nice
0: um, nice anything else catch your eye
1: uh i've been talking to sarah who's richard's wife and she started doing t-shirt prints
0: Ooh, okay, what production or doing her own business?
1: Nah, like yeah, her own business for like she's just started up. So she does like you give her oh uh, she she's trying to do our logo on a T-shirt.
0: Oh right, yeah, okay. right.
1: we are letting the listeners in behind the curtain. Oh, dude. dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, no, she's just started, and I thought it'd be good to help her out and let her I'll go see what she can do for us, isn't it?
0: Oh, so she has got her own business where she does sort of merchandise for yep, other people.
1: Cool. Yeah, she'd do vinyl printing, but it'd be vinyl on a T-shirt, uh, stickers, things like that. Yeah, that's
0: one thing I'd love to do is get stickers. We've had a few people send us a couple of messages asking for stickers, and, uh, I, you know, the demand is apparently there, so... That's I think the the first thing we should have a little look at is getting some stickers so that people can, you know, put them on their on their vehicles, toolboxes, and all that stuff. But I, I think
1: that'll be the first step, and yeah. then nah. potentially T shirts and stuff. Yeah, get some stickers to put in the windows windows of the cars. Be good, wouldn't
0: it? Now, as uh, as you and I know, the ultimate dub show is I don't know if it's finished now or is
1: it still on. I don't know. Nah, it's finished, wife, finished now. Everybody be, but some people be home and. Is it just a one day thing? No, or is it it's a week. one and a half. Like everybody go in Saturday afternoon. They well, not like, since time I've been there. They open in the evenings, mm-hmm. and then it's and then it's all day Sunday.
0: Yeah, and now obviously people going to know now that we record these podcast episodes way in advance now, so just to give you guys reference it is the day the sunday the day of uh, ultimate dubs do you normally go to that one is that something that comes I, up
1: I, and you're like i've been a few days yeah I've, yeah i've been there many times what's ultimate dubs like uh what can i expect if i've never been because i
0: haven't cars. what can i expect shiny cars inside shiny cars inside yeah is there like anything going on is there like any events yeah. shows
1: there was um they have, like... Last year, they have like, a drifting... In... RC cars. Around drifting, track. Drifting RC cars? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> they do a few things outside. Uh, they got, like... Shop, you know, people selling stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then cars... Dotted in between them all.
0: Now, of course, our friends over at Autofinesse... Or your friends, more importantly... Uh, obviously had their normal stand over there, and this year they introduced the the third caddy. What do you reckon about that? You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah, what well, one? Yeah, I think the it's, it's uh on it. got Your mates, what's his? Name? I don't know what his name is, but he he's go he goes by the name the Striper on yep. Instagram. He does the he's done the artwork or oh, hand painted artwork on the side of the. Is it all of them he's done? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, very cool. What do you reckon
1: of the the graphics? Yeah, he's yeah, I like what he does. Pretty fun. Yeah, it's good what he does. So uh, yeah, um, they sponsor, helmet dubs as well. Oh really? I mm. see.
0: Okay, okay, interesting. See, I'm learning a lot more about car culture here in the UK as well, and it's uh, I'm sort of like learning what I'm about, and you know, I'm trying to get a taste for. For what is out there, it's it's very difficult for me as someone who is, you know, I'm not. I suppose I am a car person, but at the same time, I just think I'm someone who I I like to keep myself to myself, and I know I just like go like from how do I put this? I like to go camping, right? I like to go on weekends away. I like keeping myself to myself. I I like having a few friends that have got the same vehicle, and that's it. Like other than that like i'm not one of these that's go into every single show and dan, dan dan what you got friends have you i haven't mate to be fair i don't know if i have if it's <laughs> something that we saw touched on on the uh simon episode that we did a couple of uh episodes ago yeah. where we did we i know this is going to get serious and i know we are normally known for being jokesters and yeah. messing about but like to 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 get serious for a second we did touch on you know what it's like to sort of lose friendships and and people coming in and out of your life for many different reasons and perhaps that's something we can talk about later on or perhaps not just leave it as it is but i think that's something that i've definitely seen definitely definitely seen in the last year of my existence is that people will just drop like flies and yeah. one day you'll be speaking to somebody and then not like uh, 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 an example is I feel like and this is gonna this is getting deep very quickly I should apologize <laughs> uh, but I, and we'll get back to you know our usual programming in just a minute but something I've realized in the past especially the past couple of months to be fair is that I've realized that All my life pretty much in adulthood I have been the one to organize things I'm not talking about just events that we've got going on I'm talking about if I wanted to see my friends back in the day I realized that I was always the one to make the first text message give someone a call make reservations plan something plan a weekend away plan a week out plan a holiday whatever and that would be could be the smallest thing like hanging out with a mate or it could be like you know going on holiday with a bunch of friends i was i've always felt like i'm the the one to organize things do you know what i mean and and so much of that is true up until today like i'm the one that started organizing the caddy camping event right yeah, I mean, I know a, a lot of the uh, the other guys are are like admins on that Facebook group, but it's it was my idea, and there's so many other uh, and that's why at times it's a breath of fresh air when you come along and you say, oh, you know what, we should do, a, we should have a stand at a show, or we should do this, we should do that. It's like wow, like all of my life, I've been the one to make the first moves and make the appointments, make the arrangements, take control. You know and then as soon as this is what i'm getting at is basically last few months and i'm referencing you know old old friendships from like school college old workplaces i've I've noticed that as soon as i stop sending the first message to say something like hi how are you like how's it going long time no see as soon as i stop sending the first message i realize that i don't hear from them at all at all like not even a whisper Not even a happy, like a happy birthday, not even a, like a nothing. Do you know what I mean? And that is, there's, I know we've sort of brought the mood down and I do apologize, but I have also realized that I'm not the only one out there. Had a few messages from people that after listening to the Simon episode that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few people I will not name because that's not fair and I don't want to, you know, give people's. privacy away but a lot of people have got in touch and said you know this this resonated with me because I've been in a similar situation and yeah I'm not suggesting there is a there's a there's a, a correct path you should take now I'm not suggesting that there's an answer there's reason I'm just recognizing that um, yeah people come in and out of your life for many different reasons some come into your life to help some people come in to stay. Some people come in to see you fall and fail. And some people are there for the long haul, you know. And I don't know. I'm in a situation now where I'm I've, I'm witnessing it, and I have witnessed it. Both sides. I've seen people come in and go for different reasons, and some of them are more obvious than others. And I just think uh, if I okay, here's the last thing I'll say on it is that if you feel like you are someone who isn't the first person to make you know send a message to someone then why not reach out to people that you haven't spoken to for a long time and say hey mate you all right how's things like i know we haven't spoken for a while but i just want to catch up with you or even if it's your family like even if it's like your mum like or your sisters or your brothers or whatever the situation is like just pick up the phone and just say how are you it's been a while because there are some people like me that are probably more emotional thinkers that you know times get tough um i don't know if you've experienced any of that matt or if you want to say anything on what i've just said yeah uh, yeah,
1: you experienced it quite a lot really really or you only get a message from someone when they want something
0: yes absolutely it is such a shame so yeah guys if you are someone out there who uh, perhaps if you are feeling the same you feel like you're the only one who you know sends the first message you're not alone don't worry and sometimes it is okay to take a step back and just you know take uh, evaluate your situation And also, sorry, there was just going to be, it looks like there was going to be a car crash right now. As most of you know, I do record the podcast in my truck on the side of a road and I just almost witnessed a car crash. But anyway, the other thing is, if you are someone who is potentially someone who just doesn't send their first message out or if you just live life without bothering to talk to people, please do pick up the phone and reach out to old friends because you don't know how much it would mean to them. Anyway, back to today's episode. Now, uh, before we get started with the meat and veg, uh, we've got a few mods coming up with the truck. Now, obviously, but by the time this episode airs, it will no doubt be on YouTube already, but we are doing the sound deadening in the truck, aren't we, Matt? We are indeed. We have been in contact with uh, a UK brand here called Dodomat. Now, some of you may know Dodo Dodomat already, uh, if you don't then we have actually done a video on the YouTube channel already when I had the UK caddy I did a I did the sound editing in that using dodo mat that was not a, a sponsored video but this one is and we are very very uh, grateful to be working alongside dodo mat here in the UK they've sent us some product already what have they sent Matt
1: they've seen uh... Main that's <laughs> the the the, uh, the sticky on deadening what goes in the doors and on the floor uh they a padding is it a padding
0: yeah so I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna we're obviously gonna do a whole YouTube video on the sound deadening for the rabbit truck um, they've sent out because we haven't done an unboxing yet but we are literally about to do the unboxing where. I think they've sent about 50 sheets of sound deadening they've also sent the super liner which is a six mil foam lining mat that goes over the top of the sound deadening again these things you can see we've done it in the uk caddy that i had before if you scroll down f- far enough on the uh, our youtube channel and also they have sent some things to help apply the uh sound deadening like the roller and some spray to help clear the surface and you know some other bits and bobs um uh, but we got talking to dodo matt and we they also love the idea of our t4 race van that uh well matt's going to be working on most and they sent us some sound deadening for the t4 race van and it's lightweight it's uh it's called the what is it
1: called in um Ins- Insulating thing yes yeah, something v3 wasn't
0: it yeah it's a very they've sent new product for us to try out and obviously show you guys on the youtube channel
1: and because most of our audience very... are... you what? sorry mate it's a big box and it's very light
0: yeah most of our audience are volkswagen owners and no doubt have similar vehicles to us and so it's a sort of like a perfect match isn't it it's the, the one of the best platforms for companies to you know show what they've got via our channel is um, yes yeah, so they're excited about the t4 race fans they've sent lightweight sound deadening for that and when we do get to the stage when we're on the t4 I think you're gonna put it into paint first right yes and so after I think after that stage we'll be able to start doing the sound deadening and again there'll be a second video which is a sponsored video from Dodomat on the T4 as well. So we're very excited about the sound deadening because obviously the the truck at the moment after doing the engine swap, it does uh, vibrate a fair amount in the truck and I don't think there is much sound deadening in there. Everything is from factory in Pennsylvania. So it's got old sort of matting underneath the carpet and we're going to inspect that when, when the time comes and uh, a lot of, well, I say a lot, one other person that I know who has done a PD-130 conversion is our good friend Matt Butler with the crazy caddy, I call it, the Cadzilla man. Now, he he was talking to me the other day, and he said that he kept his Mark IV engine mounts and gearbox mounts in his caddy, which
1: I thought, wow, I I, I suppose that's a better option, is it? Is it easier to do? or, or No, a lot harder. Is, is it harder? when he done it i don't think no one made any mounts in so what all he done was cut the mounts out of the mark four and then welded them into Mm. the caddy
0: yeah that's that's so true and again another big reason why i tip my hat to matt butler is because like you just said when he did his conversion nobody really he was like one of the first people to do it Uh, And there weren't these companies that you see now, like Epitech weren't making these mounts, I don't think. There's a lot of other companies that weren't making certain kits. So he had to work with what he had, you know, and so that's why he chose the the Mark IV uh, Mm -hmm. mounts, which he says, you know, don't have that rattle and uh, vibration you you, that I've got now in the truck so but hopefully with the dodo mat we're going to see some uh, incredible results we're going to document it all on our YouTube channel which will be in the show notes below this we've also got a few other things coming up later on down the road like we found someone who replaces the ribbon on the back of the cluster Uh, we've also got some new bulbs like the little tiny bulbs coming for the little the lights on the on the dash uh you said you've you've might have found a speedo cable that might work right yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah. interesting i can't wait to see hopefully because it, it's an uh, automatic one so one it's pa- a manic one yes yeah, for it's for an automatic all right okay um the bit what screws into the gearbox the actual cable is quite long but it's, it's wear all the way up so what we can do is shorten it Okay, it's all the same size, so we just need to. But when we, it's where they screw onto the clocks and the, yeah, screw onto the gearbox end. Yeah, but we just need to see if they fit on the clocks. If they fit on the clocks and Mm guns.
0: Now, obviously, everybody from America now is screaming like, "Oh, S and P do the the speedo cable." Yes, they do. Um, and in fact, they can ship it over to us if we go on their eBay. Uh, listing but the only thing is it can be quite expensive like i don't know maybe i'm alone in this but i think 80 to 90 uk pounds is quite expensive for a speedo cable considering the fact that you know the original ones you can still get you know for your normal mark one is 13 pounds i've seen do you know what
1: i mean matt yeah so let's try this if it screws on the back of the clocks we just got to shorten the gearbox it's only it's easy enough to do we just got to make sure We've Got enough length to put in, but if we get a 1300 one for a Mark One, one it'll be easy to get a Mark Two one. Mm. But the, then we can measure the end to what goes in the give box, right? Yeah. So we can just cut it and then it'll just push into a little square. And then, mm-hmm. done. And then and it works. of course,
0: our last thing that we're going to do, uh, that we're going to announce that we're doing, of course, there's a whole list of things still to do, but one of the other things we're going to do. At some point in the future is put the vent windows in the truck ready for the summer time which uh, I have just had them in boxes for about a year now so it would be nice to eventually see those uh, in full swing other than that we're not going to tell you the other mods so that we've got rests uh, what we've got coming up for the truck and the, the t4 we're just gonna let things unfold like a beautiful flower in blossom now then Uh, For anyone new listening to the pod, Matt is a mechanic, I'm a filmmaker slash photographer and so together we thought we'd do this little YouTube channel called The Old Folks Home. So make sure you go and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. I don't know about you Matt, but that's one of the things that I've realised lately is that we've got sort of like an influx of new people coming in from either the YouTube channel or the podcast or our Instagram but a lot of new listeners are here. A lot of new viewers are here and perhaps don't know our background. So let's just give this a little pre- premise. preface, or premise? I'm not sure. But let's just say to give people the idea so they're not lost, you are a mechanic. You've been a mechanic for 85 years now. 85 uh, years. Yeah. And and so you know what you're talking about with the mechanic side of things, engine stuff. You know it Oh, you've had various mark II golfs you've had various t4s you've had various Volkswagens throughout your life I am a a huge fan of Volkswagen Uh, I'm a filmmaker slash photographer like I said I've got a pickup the mark 1 pickup that's my baby and uh, so I just thought together we'd make a great team and I'm the one who's very new to everything and much like some of our listeners I like to ask little questions that i would consider stupid to matt but at least you know he'll be able to uh, he'll be able to let me know the answer and of course by doing so you guys listening will know as well now before we begin make sure you tell your friends about the podcast tell them about our youtube just share away we want to make this our full-time like jobs eventually like i'm a postman at the moment i don't want to be doing that for the rest of my life Hundred percent not. So we want to make this a full time thing. We have the absolute drive to do this. Uh, I I I can speak for both of us, right, Matt?
1: Drive, yeah.
0: (laughs) So yeah. Um, and also before we start today's massive, massive episode on the the Volkswagen Mark II Golf, is we want you to let us know what model of Volkswagen you'd like us to cover next when we do these deep dive episodes. We want you to have a say we want you to either comment in the YouTube chat in the YouTube video which these podcasts are on the YouTube channel or just send us a message on Instagram or comment somewhere and be like look you guys should have a look at for example like Matt said the Volkswagen um, what was it you said Derby. the Derby do the Volkswagen Derby next just let us know and uh, other than that Matt are you ready to start this uh, episode question go on
1: how's the truck doing
0: the truck is doing very very well uh it's same the same update i can give you as last time is that i think we just need to adjust the shifter a little bit so it goes into third gear much more smoothly and there's just a little bit of blue smoke coming out the back every now and then
1: and how's the fuel
0: gauge i still haven't been to a fuel station can you believe Uh, it you're joking me I'm serious. So, like, it's obviously like uh, what March the whatever today, March the twelfth. Yeah. And are we last put fuel? We put forty pounds worth of diesel in the truck when I went to see you, which was around the twenty sixth. The twenty sixth of February is when we last put diesel in. Isn't that mad? Wow all I've been all I did was drive it 140 odd miles from your house to or from your place to here and I've just been driving to work back and forth which is about 10 15 minutes Wow it's doing very very well on fuel and again I cannot stress this enough that was one of the biggest biggest reasons why I wanted to do the conversion in the first place was to save money on fuel And for the truck to be able to go further without having to stop and keep putting fuel in so a massive green tick for me the other thing is I know I haven't been ragging it around but if I do need to accelerate it fucking accelerates it absolutely goes it has that boost it pushes you back in the seat for that split-second you feel a little bit like Vin Diesel but without the wheelie and burnout at the same time and it's just amazing so yeah big big hats off and a big green tick from me and i'm sure we'll get round to you know doing all the little tweaks when i come up to see you at the
1: end of the month yeah it's interesting though mm. so well world has gone and he hasn't used any diesel do you
0: do you think i mean you've done more conversions than than I can ever imagine. But do, have you ever seen any conversions that have gone terribly wrong, or are you surprised that there's nothing else that's happened?
1: No, no, it's all good. But you always get the odd now and then. But it's to feel what what uh, what's got me. Yeah, it's mental. I will I will give you. It,
0: it's like it's towards the very end. Well, it's 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 less than a quarter of a tank left now. So it's got to be in a month now, though, isn't it? It's been no, 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 it's not it's been less than a month since I've seen you. But yeah. yeah, we are we're coming on to uh you know, putting some fuel in again. But anyway did the girl- Go on. Have you took the girlfriend down in it yet? No, she's not been in. She's <laughs> not been in it yet. Anyway, I think we should <laughs> stop rambling and we should crack on with today's episode, which is the Volkswagen Golf Mark Two. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Again, we're going to do, uh, I want you to call out any bullshit. Okay. So this is research that I've done on the interwebs. And if you hear anything that I say, I want you, Matt, to call out and say, that's bullshit. If you hear any anything that I read in that sounds like a load of bollocks, pipe up and correct it. Okay. Yep. All right, cool. Now, before we do that, we're gonna cut to a little ad break. We'll see you in a minute. If you're enjoying the podcast, you'll enjoy our YouTube channel. You'll see us doing engine swaps, modifications, and you'll see videos of our mates showing off their Volkswagens too. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the like button on every single video. If you don't, I will continue to cry myself to sleep
1: having nightmares about being a postman for the rest of my life. Don't forget, to follow us on social media, on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. That's where all the juicy stuff comes alive.
0: Last but not least, we'd like to encourage you guys to share the podcast and YouTube channel with your mates, whether they're into Volkswagens or just the car culture in general. Obviously, the more people that watch our videos, the better we can invest in our videos, and eventually me and Matt can go full-time with the old Volkswagen and quit our day job. Yiny. Yeah, mean. Back to today's episode. Alrighty, we are talking about the Volkswagen Golf Mark II in this week's episode. Now, I said already, Matt has owned multiple Volkswagen Mark IIs in your life, haven't you, Matt? I have indeed. Now, what's been your... You are the volt, You're the 1.8 T conversion king, right? It's been said many, many times. Is that your go-to conversion in a Mark II golf?
1: Um, For simple and easy-going, yes. But I think the best conversion I've ever done was two-liter So out of a Mark V golf
0: into a mark ii golf yes interesting now again there's going to be some people that didn't know this already but we've said it already on the pods you have worked with auto Finesse to do various projects one of which is the bbs mark ii golf right the bbs yes. golf now uh, obviously that you can see that on the auto Finesse website you can see it on their youtube channel and tell us a little bit about working on that mark two goal from what you remember when what year did you did you work on that for them
1: 2015
0: right okay so not that long ago um well eight years jesus christ how time flies and uh how how was that was that quite a straightforward thing because didn't you say you've touched every nut and bolt on that one or was that the gray caddy
1: that's a great caddy that's all of them really i've done them all of all the builds I've done for them, it's like I've done the race car Mark II as well. After I've done the BBS car,
0: right? Okay, so there's two Mark II golfs, is there?
1: Yeah, they've got rid of the BBS car now, but they've got the race car still.
0: All oh, right, interesting, interesting. All right, and what what did you is was that just a straightforward thing for you? What can what can you tell us about the? Uh... Yeah, I just, I
1: just I went there in the evenings and just done built one. After because I was working full time in a garage yeah I just finished work and went straight up to James's unit and built bulleter cars interesting
0: all right and I'm sure we'd love to do a little uh YouTube video um where we go to auto finesse in the future and do a little uh, a couple of videos on some of the vehicles that you've worked on with them and so if people want to see that let us know. But other than that, we're going to get straight into it then. So, the the history. Sorry?
1: I said, yep, let's go.
0: The history of the Volkswagen Mark II Golf. It's a hatchback, the second generation of the Volkswagen Golf, and the successor to the Volkswagen Golf Mark I. It was Volkswagen's highest volume seller from 1983 and ended in production in late 1992. To be replaced by the Volkswagen Golf Mark III. So far, so good, Matt. Smell any bullshit any anywhere?
1: No, because I think they did. They had definitely finished because I've seen a couple of K-Ridge Mark Twos. So yeah, that would have been finished in 1992, Yeah.
0: All right. The Mark II was larger than the Mark One. Its wheelbase grew slightly. It uh, was three inches. I think it grew the wheel the wheelbase, as did the exterior dimensions, which was seven point one inches. Width was twenty. It grew two inches in width, and five mil in height. So not a big difference in height there. Uh, Weight was up according by about one hundred and twenty kilograms. So it's 120 kilograms heavier than the Mark One. is that right?
1: Yeah, must be.
0: Wow. Uh, exterior design developed in-house by Volkswagen designer... Uh, sorry, Volkswagen design director Schaefer. Uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Or Schafer, Schaefer. Uh, they cut the general lines of its... Oh, man, this word. you probably be able to pronounce this. Uh, Gugario. Gio- 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 Giugari Gugar, the guy that okay let's do a little ba- background so Giorgio Giorgetto Giugario Giugaro Giugaro. do you know how to pronounce this word
1: no. <laughs>
0: okay so there's an italian automotive designer i'm going to butcher his name but it's something like Giorgetto Giugiaro Giaro um he has worked on supercars and popular everyday vehicles And uh, yes basically he designed the mark one Golf as well as the that car from back to the future what was that
1: Lorien, yeah
0: yeah the DeLorean yeah so he that's that guy Um, so the exterior design like I've said the exterior design was developed in-house by Volkswagen designer director Schaefer now (coughs) apparently they produced 6.3 million units of the Volkswagen Mark II, which sounds like a lot. Did you know that?
1: No, I didn't know that many cars was made.
0: 6.3 million units, right? Obviously assembled in Wolfsburg in Germany, as well as multiple other places like Belgium, Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia is another place where I've seen like parts of, you know, Mark One caddies. The like parts were made um, from Yugoslavia. Is that right? Like some of the headlights I've seen have Yugoslavia stamps on the back. That is very correct. Uh, Bosnia, uh, Pennsylvania, obviously Westmoreland, a factory, and Mexico, South Africa, and Austria are some other places where the Mark II Golf was assembled. Uh, it's uh, obviously would have came in a three door hatchback and a five door hatchback. What's your favorite so far? The three door,
1: yeah. Well, it's two door, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Really quickly, just uh, just break down why
1: we call it a two door and not a three door. Because the back, it, it, the, the hatchery is not a boot, is it? Nor a door, is it?
0: Boot, correct. Correct. Now the engines you, that you could have had in the Mark 2 I believe. And again, call out bullshit if you hear it. Uh, a one liter a 1.3 litre, a 1.6 litre diesel, 1.6 litre turbo diesel, a 1.8 litre and a 2 litre engine. You could have had... I don't think it's a 1 litre. I think it's a 1.1. Okay, just reading what's here on the page. I'm so, I'm sure.
1: Go on. I'm sure it's 1.1 and 1.3, same engine, Will. It's not the same engine, different cylinders. But, yeah.
0: Uh, you could have also had these in a four-speed manual, a five-speed manual, and a three-speed auto. Which your friend is it? Fred now has it. The the, the manual, uh, the auto one that you changed to a manual. Yes, yeah,
1: not auto anymore.
0: So we have seen a we have seen in person an auto
1: Mark II. Yeah, that is uh two point eight uh DSG now. A DSG, well. Wow. Anyway, we go on to
0: say the second generation Golf, also known as the Type 19E, until the 1991 model E. Did you? Is it? Is that right? A Type 19E? Yeah, it is Type 19E. Wow. Um, Anyway, it was launched in Europe at the Frankfurt Motor Show in September 1983, with sales beginning in its homeland and most other left-hand drive markets soon after it debuted in in March 1984 on the right-hand drive British market and it was introduced as a 1985 model in the United States it featured a larger body shell and a wider range of engine options including a GTD turbo diesel what I've obviously seen the GTD, but I'm not really sure what its appeal is. Do you know much about the GTD?
1: Yes, yeah, GTI. Like, <coughs> interior and exterior. Right. But, and then it's got uh, a diesel turbo engine in it. In the cooler, what sits on top of the gearbox. Right, okay. Uh, it then
0: goes on to say there was a 16-valve version of the straight-4 GTI, uh, the supercharged 8-valve G60 with front and four-wheel drive options, and a racing homologated variant of this, the Rally Golf. This model was intended to be sold in the United States as well as badge well it was badged as the rally gti and prototypes were made but it did not come to be and we will check in with that a little bit later because whilst i was doing some research matt Mm -hmm. i found a few interesting little facts about this whole rally gti well the 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 united states side of things and we'll go into that in a little bit in in just a little bit Uh, the original golf had been one of the few front wheel drive hatchbacks on sale when launched in 1974 but within a decade almost all mainstream manufacturers had launched a golf like family hatchback ford had switched to a front wheel drive hatchback format for its mark iii escort in 1980 (coughs) are you okay there yeah what just made an awful sound i don't know what that was but never mind uh, soon after General Motors had adapted that concept for its latest Opel Cadet, also known as the Vauxhall Astra in Britain, the Austin Rover, formerly British Leyland, did not enter the f- small family hatchback market until the launch of its Maestro at the beginning of 1983. Although it had launched its larger maxi hatchback as long as as long ago. As 1969 and in 1976 had taken then the unusual step of launching a hatchback body style on a luxury car Peugeot or some people in America call it the Peugeot Uh, (laughs) Peugeot would not launch its first golf-size hatchback the 309 until late 1985 but it had taken ownership of Chrysler's European division which it renamed Talbot Talbot I don't know which. No, Talbot. But yeah, I didn't. Is Talbot part of um, Chrysler then? Don't know. I know. I see a used lot of. To- uh, I do see a lot of Tal- Talbot um, camper vans here on the island. Yeah, but they used to be part of Virgil. Really, mm. that's interesting. Uh, anyway, however, the likes of Fiat, Renault, and Volvo had all entered the small family hatchback market by the end of the 1970s the hatchback body style had also become popular on cars produced outside europe particularly on japanese models in 1985 british motoring magazine called what car awarded the vote sorry awarded the Golf mark ii 1985 car of the year even though it had actually been launched on the UK market early in the previous year. It sold well in Britain, peaking at more than 50,000 sales a year by the end of the decade. Did you know that? It was called Car of the Year in 1985?
1: Yeah, it did that quite a lot, Car of the Year. Yeah, I know, yeah, but what, the Mark II Golf? Yeah, Volkswagen's done a lot of Car of the Year.
0: What ones have they done that you know of? Whilst you're munching on whatever that sounds like a sandwich
1: or something? Ah uh, biscuit. Um Passat B five point five. I think it won it two years ago. Really? Yeah. And that is one of the like, best cars going. The B five Passat? Yeah, B five point five. Okay. The leg room in the back is like amazing flight. haven't you just picked up a passat yes i have what which one have you got b 5.5 180.
0: so you have got car of the year
1: yeah wow shall i go on you go on you can talk about as much mark Two stuff as you can and see if we can so far it's interesting
0: yeah no yeah. bullshit has been said so far no no it's just the engine, but okay however The Golf was overshadowed in the 1984 European Car of the Year contest, finishing third but being heavily outscored by the victorious Fiat Uno and runner-up Peugeot 205, which was smallest in size to the Volkswagen's smaller Polo. During the life of the Mark II Golf, there were a number of external style revisions, notable changes to the looks of the golf mark ii include the removal of the quarter light windows in the front doors and the introduction of larger grille slats with the august 1987 facelift the most notable was the introduction of the so-called big bumpers which were introduced in the european market with an august with an august 1989 facelift they were available in the United States from August 1989 as well as part of the Wolfsburg Edition package. They were not standardised until January 1990. <coughs> Excuse me. This is something I hear quite a lot, Matt, is the term big bumpers. Now, what yeah. I, they? have only into- a 90-spec. 90 90-spec. 90 yeah. Bumpers. What did they come as originally? Were they are a lot smaller.
1: Yeah, they've got a small bump, big bump, big bumpers. Basically, go from the, the the top of the like the arch all the way down, and they're painted color coded. Right, so they've got grad top, and then they, uh, and then they uh, <coughs> up, then up and down they change color.
0: I see. Okay, moving on. This Golf was marketed for the first time with that name in the United States and Canada. The rabbit name used on the Mark I was meant to give a car a cuddly image. But with the 1980s redesign of the car, Karl Hahn, the former Volkswagen of America president, who was now chairman of the whole company, dictated that Volkswagen Volkswagen model names would be standardized globally. Now, first of all, I thought, that we established in the previous episodes that the 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 model name Rabbit was to give this image of a nimble moving vehicle, right? We talked about that before. Yep. And now this 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 article is saying that it was to give the car a cuddly image, which sounds very strange.
1: The uh, thing is because uh, there's that time uh, that era, uh, golf was quite a big thing and they didn't want like it. a big sport yeah and they didn't want them to to get mixed up and golf just to be for golfers basically
0: yeah so basically carl han who was the former volkswagen american president he wanted the mark ii golf to be called a golf in america right and yeah. bet, is that what i'm getting at yeah it sounds like it okay so it goes on to say that james fuller He's head of the Volkswagen brand in North America, concurred in using the Golf name to stress the car's teutonic character. The GTI body kit became available on a non injection Golf and was sold as the driver, inverted commas, trim level in Europe. While the GTI remained a trim level in the Golf lineup in Europe, in some markets it was and continues to be marketed as a separate model line wow okay so next up i wanted to talk about a few different uh, i guess model names or badges that you would find on the mark ii golf so volkswagen also produced their model in yugoslavia in a factory at vogoska vogoska i'm not very good at pronunciations in in other uh, foreign languages but uh we're going to go with Vogoska. Near Sarajevo. That's what I think that sounds like. Um, called... Oh, my God. These names. Tivonica, Okay, so let's do that all again. Volkswagen also produced their model in Yugoslavia in a factory at Vogoska, Near Sarajevo called Thvornica Automobilia Sarajevo, uh, T-A-S. The Mark II was produced from June the 5th, 1985, with a yearly production of 25,000 units until the outbreak of war in 1992. This model was produced only for the six Yugoslav republics with a rear badge J and JX, which stands for less equipped than a C and CL. Now, the C and CL and TAS badge on the front grille and Sarajevo City logo is instead of the side blinkers. Such models were usually very poorly equipped, with the passenger side rear view mirrors being optional equipment which had to be paid for now this is something that i may have seen on the early rabbits perhaps the swallowtail i don't know about that don't quote me on that but i have seen uh, brochures or or uh, perhaps yeah brochures that you would see in like a um, car dealership where the earlier model Volkswagens, you you would see them being sold without a wing mirror you'd only have the driver's wing mirror have you seen this
1: yeah it's quite a, a big thing in the early days yeah. Even for UK cars.
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah, definitely seen it in the past. Um, now we go on to say the Mark II Golf was available as a three door and five door hatchback. The two door and the four door sedan variants of the Golf Mark II were marketed under the Volkswagen Jetta name. No cabriolet version was developed from the Mark II, but instead the Mark II based convertible continued to be produced. With minor changes trim levels included base C CL and GL and initially a range topping carrot model until 1986 later a GT version was also on offer in North America there was only a base model until 1986 in 1987 a GL and GT model In 1988 to eighty-nine, there were all three, and in 1990, until the end of its run, there was again only a GL. The GTI model existed from 1985 to 1987, and again from 1990 to 92, and the GTI 16 valve existed from 1987 to 92. In Japan the range consisted of catalyzed CI, CLI and GLI models all sharing the same 1.6 or later 1.8 liter fuel injected inline 4 engines. In the course of the years a host of limited edition models appeared on various markets distinguished by cosmetic changes and or an enriched features list. Generally These were option packages on top of a base model, a CL, a GL, etc. Also, in some countries, it could be found trim level TX, like Austria and GX for Yugoslavia. The base engine was initially the 1.3 option, as used in the first generation Golf, accompanied by the 1.6 and the 1.8 litre petrol 4s and 1.6 litre naturally aspirated, or turbocharged diesel engines. In January 1984, a new base engine was introduced, a 1.05 litre inline four, mainly available in Italy and Greece. In North America, all Golf Mark IIs had 1.8 litre petrol or 1.6 diesel engines. The GTI, while not a Golf model in North America, also had a 2 litre model. The Mark II was the last version of the Golf to feature carburettor petrol engines as all versions of the Mark III came with fuel injection from its launch to meet requirements that all new cars sold in the EEC after 1992 must be fitted with a catalytic catalytic converter or fuel injection. What do you reckon about that, Matt? Any bullshit yet?
1: No, we don't know about the 1500 engine, but... Because we didn't have it in the UK, we don't know. Alrighty. Um, um, yeah, no. See, it's very interesting so far. All right. In America, in certain parts of America, there's a 2-litre version. Never knew that, you got...
0: Well, it must have been a 2-litre version. I thought that was just for GTIs. Ladder 1800. Alrighty. Well, let's read on. The successful Golf GTI, or in the US was simply called the GTI, was continued with the Mark II as a sporty three or five door hatchback. Like late Mark I GTIs, it featured a naturally aspirated Bosch K jetronic fuel injected. I suppose that's also called the CIS injected, am I right? Yeah. Uh da 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 da. So okay there's a lot of numbers here so i'm not going to read every little bit of number but let me just go through so the the k jet fuel injected would make uh, 110 horsepower in 1986 uh, golf gti 16 valve was introduced the 1.8 liter engine output was 137 horsepower and let's see, That's what else we... 138. Say again, mate. 138. What, the Golf uh, GTI 16 valve?
1: Yeah, KR. So where are they getting that extra horsepower from? No. This is 137. It's meant to be 138. That's what I've been told. Well, I've been rid of Zil. Hmm, interesting. 21. Uh, <clears> one. <throat>
0: in us and canadian gtis were later equipped with a two liter uh 16 valve engine available in the passat and corrado outside north america yeah. in 19 19- sorry Yep, yeah, that's wrong in 1990 like the Golf, the gti was given a facelift and the big bumper became standard on all gtis this was maintained throughout sorry this was maintained through the rest of the mark ii model era in 1990 the gti g60 was also introduced featuring the eight valve 1.8 with a g60 supercharger this version is not to be confused with the very rare g60 limited for the south african market volkswagen sa i'm guessing sa means south africa volkswagen south africa added a two liter eight valve engine in january 1992 the same engine which would go on to be used in the Mark III model launched later that year. Now then, we move now onto the Golf Synchro. Do you know much about these?
1: Yeah, the four-wheel drive.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. In February 1986, Volkswagen presented the first Golf with four-wheel drive. This Golf Synchro was available as a five-door with the 1.8 engine only, which made 89 horsepower. Uh, later to make 98 horsepower. The four-wheel drive system had been developed in collaboration with Steyer-Dulmer, I can't pronounce that, it's an Austrian name, and featured a viscous coupling and flexible partition of torque between front and rear axle. Uh, This is something we talked about in the previous episode, right, with the T4 synchro? Yeah. due to its high price in 1986 a synchro cost about 30 percent more than an equivalent front wheel drive model the model renamed sorry the model remained rare from 1986 to 89 for instance just 26,000 synchros were built fewer than a thousand were sold on the uk market so if anybody out there listening to this has a mark ii golf synchro Let us know, be interested, be keen to see what that looks like. Uh, The four-wheel drive system was fully automatic and minimally intrusive, also in appearance. Aside from a few discrete synchro badges, there were no way to tell. There was no additional gauges or buttons in the interior either. The gearing was lowered somewhat to mask the performance. Losses due to the additional 160 kilograms. The rear seats, the rear seat was moved forward by one inch and the cargo floor was raised, making the luggage compartment 25% smaller than in the regular golf. Now, then, we now move on to the, the rally golf. Remember the last episode where I said, Why do they spell rally with an E on the end? Yeah. So this is, uh, in 1989, the Rally Golf appeared as a rally uh, rally homologation special. I don't know what that means, homologation. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, they have to make... When they used to build rally cars, they had to build so many uh, cars to sell to the public before they could actually use it for rallying. Oh,
0: right. Right, okay. So... Uh, distinguishable distinguishable fucking hell. Distinguishable by its box flared wheel arches, similar to the Audi Quattro, BMW E three, M three, and Lancia Delta integrale. Is that how you Integrale Integral? No, integrale. Integrale. Yes, sir. Okay. Distinguishably <laughs> distinguishable by its box flared wheel arches. And rectangular projector headlamps this model featured synchro four-wheel drive a cable shifted transmission and a G supercharged supercharger 1763 CC which was marginally less than the typical 1781 CC to meet the engine displacement rules uh, Version of the injected eight-valve G60 one eight-liter engine. Oh, need a breather. Hang on. Five thousand cars were built in Volkswagen's Brussels, Belgium plant, priced at about fifty thousand DM uh, each, or roughly twice as much as a base Golf GTI. The Rally Golf has hundred and sixty PS in equivalent. It's 158 horsepower. Is that right? The Golf Rally? The Rally Golf?
1: Yeah, they've got... Yeah, they just changed... Because it's four-wheel drive. Yeah.
0: I do like the look of this, the, the Rally Golf. Really? Especially, I'm a sucker for the square headlights, aren't I? Or rectangular headlights. Yeah, the front end's good, but... Don't know about the Archies, though, personally. Well, we'll look into that when, uh, at a later date. Yeah. Okay, none were officially sold in the US. Two were sent over officially. This is this is something I found quite interesting. You ready for this? Listen to this. None were officially sold in the US. Two were sent over officially for testing, which uh, with five sent over for evaluation. Volkswagen of America Vice President James Fuller was a supporter of its addition to the US slash Canadian lineup, but... This is interesting. Fuller died in December 1988 while flying home from Germany aboard the Pan Am or Pan Am flight, Flight 103, when a bomb planted by Libyan terrorists exploded over Lockerbie, Scotland. Oh, wow. This had a detrimental effect on the Rally Golf's chances of importation to North America. Eventually, Volkswagen of America decided that the Rally Golf would be too expensive to offer for sale in North America, where Volkswagen was perceived as a low cost brand. That's interesting because I don't know about you, right? But growing up, I was under the impression that Vol- a Volkswagen was sort of like a, a very expensive vehicle to own, especially like in the 90s and maybe 2000s as well. What do you, what do you think? That's no, people's car, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, but like, you said it's people's car, then maybe I was just, I don't know, for lack of a better word, poor, poorer <laughs> than you know, the average. I don't know, my my parents had many vehicles over the years, but I remember having a Ford Escort. Uh, surely a Ford Escort was cheaper than a, a Volkswagen Golf,
1: yes, yeah, it was. I don't know, really, actually, things I didn't re- I don't really need to have a look at prices. Mm, that'd be cool, a cool little podcast. Anyway, <clears throat>
0: we now move on to something which looks, from the pictures that I've seen online, the Golf Limited. Have you seen this?
1: Oh.
0: It's got like, well, the pictures that I've seen are black with a blue grill board, like outline. Yes, 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 yes. It looks very cool. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the Golf Limited. So, based on the Rally Golf, a very limited edition Golf Mark II variant exists, combining all of the highline options such as leather interior with heated and height adjustable seats, four electric windows, electric mirrors, ABS, power steering, and a sunroof available at the time, designed and hand built by the Volkswagen Motorsport Division only 71 of the golf G60 limited models were produced the exclusive feature package included a G60 supercharged version of the 16 valve engine mated to a sports transition excuse me mated to a sports transmission and synchro four-wheel drive mechanism driving BBS rm02012 wheels so they were 6.5 j and 15 inch wheels The cars were mainly built around the stronger, more angular five-door chassis with two three-door models also produced. Externally, it featured US bumpers, a plain black grille with unique blue detail with Volkswagen Motorsport and black Volkswagen badging, hella-tinted taillights, motorsport badges and a special numbered plaque. (coughs) Excuse me, I've still got the flu and I'm trying to get over it. So, I do have a little tickly cough. In 1989, these cars cost in the region of 68,500 DM. Each were primarily sold to VA uh, VAG exec- executives and management. These cars produced 210 horsepower and accelerated from 0 to 100 km per hour or from 0 to 62 in 6.4 seconds, making them. The most powerful Volkswagen Golf ever produced until Volkswagen released the Mark IV R32, which had a ha, which had uh two hundred forty-one horsepower. Is that right? Two
1: hundred forty.
0: Basically, this Volkswagen Golf Limited looks the fucking nuts. It looks so cool, and obviously you've got all these features. Like I said before, it's, it's got ABS, power steering, sunroof, electric windows, heated seats, and adjustable seats. Leather interior, like the blue grille, the Mo- Volkswagen motorsport um little details. Very cool.
1: Yeah, you, you have never seen one of those before? Yes, I have seen one. Was But I didn't know they could all come in black.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know about I don't know about the colour scheme. Oh, right, sorry. Very cool, very cool. Anyway, we're moving now on to the golf country. You ever heard of a golf country?
1: Yes, it's all jacked up
0: is it I've not seen one myself but let's read about it so there was also a version called the the Golf Country uh, there were 7735 of these built co-manufactured by some austrian name i can't pronounce Just, uh, i'll have a go daimler pooch or puck st die i don't know um it designed for medium off-road driving it had more suspension travel synchro four-wheel drive um, uh, improved ground clearance of 21 centimeters bowl bars at front and rear generally over a single headlight grille a skid plate for protecting the engine area subframe to protect the rear synchro differential and prop shaft and spare wheel mounted externally on a swing away triangular frame on the back. I'm guessing that's much like what we have on the Caddies as well. Uh I understand the Mark 1s and Mark 2 spare wheel would have been inside the vehicle, right? Yeah, like under the boot section. Yeah. Uh in Europe it was offered with the acclaimed 98 PS uh 18 8 valve 1P petrol engine. What does 1P mean?
1: That's an engine code.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, there are also 1500 country all-round designed to appeal to a wider public made without the electric luxuries like electric and heated wind mirrors uh, leather steering wheel and bull bar without headlight grills in relation to a more affordable price range Uh, let's see so you could also get this with a with chrome bull bars sliding sunroof and the engine and interior preheater and beige leather interior the country GTI Wow so that had a 1.8 GTI petrol engine and uh, made only for Gulf country project Volkswagen staff the Gulf country was particularly popular in alpine regions in this in Central Europe Wow 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 that's uh. uh, let's, uh Interesting. Now, I think the last thing I'm going to talk about is uh, North America, right? Yep. Because I don't, I don't really know everything that happened after sort of like the rabbits and the rabbit pickups. In, they kept on a Westie. They call
1: them a Westie still. Yeah. Cool. So. Run, right? it's still got square headlight.
0: <clears throat> yeah, this is what I've got. As with the North American rabbit, the second-generation Golf was produced for North America in Pennsylvania. Uh, we we've to- talked about Pennsylvania a lot here on the podcast. Uh, their factory, their assembly plant, was called uh, Westmoreland. And uh, when sales in North America failed to live up to expectations, and with increasing production's uh, production's costs, the Westmoreland assembly plant was closed in July 1988 subsequent Golfs sold in North America came from the Puebla assembly plant in Mexico. Hopefully I'm not butchering these pronunciations. The Mark II Golf was discontinued in Europe in 1991 but Mexican-made Mark II models remained available in North America for another year. In its First years on sale in North America 1985 and 1986, the Golf II maintained sealed beam square headlights while the GTI bore flush headlights from the Jetta. All Golfs gained the flush aero lamps in 1987 after a design freshening to move it more to move it more upscale in the wake of the introduction of the Brazilian built fox in North America this is also the reasoning for the model being called the Golf GL while virtually no equipment changes occurred in 1985 US models are easily dis- easy to distinguish from subsequent models due to the absence of a high mounted brake light These became required of all cars sold in the U.S. for 1986. The GTI was Motor Trend Magazine's Car of the Year for 1985, as well as VW Vortex's Best Golf of All Time. In its first year on sale in the U.S., Golf sales were 8% below those of the 1984 Rabbit sales of the all-new 1985 Jetta, by contrast, skyrocketed compared with the 1984 model. In 1986, the Jetta became Volkswagen's best seller in North America, a position it has held ever since. As with the Mark 1, there was a warm hatch version known as the Golf GT. Introduced in 1987, it featured the GTI's exterior styling namely the red stripe exterior trim a wheel arch spoilers but with a standard 1.8 uh, excuse me 1.8 liter engine available in an automatic and with the five doors unlike the GTI it only lasted for a few years but with the reintroduction of the GTI in 89 the GTI 16 valve was produced con- <coughs> con- continuously from 87 to year 1992 this model bore the, con- the concept year by year the GTI with the eight valve engine lost GTI like features getting standard golf brakes in 1990 suspension in 1991 losing the MFA computer and finally being optional with an automatic a first in GTI history All GTI models got the European quad headlight grille with the upgrade to the big bumpers in 1990. A 2.0-litre engine producing 134 horsepower replaced the 1.8 in 1990. In 1992, North American 16-valve models, this version included 15-inch two-piece BBS-RM wheels in the interior, the Recaro seats no longer had vinyl bolsters of early GTIs Ah, there we go that's North America the Volkswagen Golf Mark II Uh, we've got just a little bit here from the United Kingdom sales in the UK were strong though it never quite made the top ten for sales in any of the eight years in sale it came close in 1990, it was the UK's twelfth most popular car, with almost five. Uh, excuse me, almost fifty thousand sales. As of 2012, over 20 years after the Mark II Golf's demise, it is still a very common sight on British roads, and is being recognised by many as a growing classic, which is very true. I, I keep seeing Mark II Golf's on the roads here in the on the Isle of Wight. I don't know what it's like up where you are, Matt. I, I assume you see them quite often.
1: Yeah, every day.
0: Every day, obviously, other than your own though.
1: Yeah, a bunch of them up where I am. Excellent.
0: Well, did you hear any bullshit that we've we spoke about today? No, no. What did it? you say it's quite interesting little uh, facts there?
1: Yeah, it's been definitely been interesting facts, especially like. The only one I can... One thing that yeah, hasn't been mentioned there. Yeah. the uh, When they call it the G- GT. Right. I think in Europe or UK, it was called a driver. but It still looked like a GTR, but it has 1,600 engine in <coughs> it. Oh, right.
0: Okay. Now, I have gone on to... Uh, I've got another very, very quick article here from a website called the Carthrottle.com and there's three facts that they give about the Golf Mark II. Here they are. So number one, the Golf Mark II had to live up to as the previous Mark I was such a great hit that Volkswagen had a lot of pressure put on them to make the Mark II even better. Some may argue that the Mark II did not beat the Mark I, but in my opinion, it did. These are all personal things in this article. Uh, Number two, The GTIs were available with a rare G60 engine. Um, Look out for these as they will be worth a great amount in the future. And number three, last but not least, people who tend to like the Golf Mark II also tend to like the BMW E30 due to the front grille and headlight styling being very similar. What do you reckon about that? Mm, Yeah, that's true. Do you like the E30?
1: I'm not really too bored about the E30, but yeah, people do. I've I've, I've uh, had conversations with people when they about BMWs. Fair
0: enough. Do you know much about the interior styling in the UK versions of the Golf Mark II?
1: Were they mm. all the same colour? No, they had different seats. Interior same colour, like black, but it had different. It's all to do. It's all down to seats and door cards with different leather. Uh,
0: what about that one that you had with the sort of tan beige
1: interior? Yeah, that the, yeah, that's early stuff was different. All oh, right, okay. They had brown dash, blue dash, and black dash. Okay, brown carpets and brown seats, and if it was vice versa, with blue carpet with blue.
0: Well that's my out of the ones That you've shown me so far Like that That blue one That I think you said Fred now has Yeah It's most appealing to me
1: Not sure what it is Just the blue and the tan The GL In it So But it's a tin top It's not a Not a sunroof car What the blue one? Yeah it's automatic It was all Yeah it's still automatic It's 1600 automatic GL uh, um, <laughs>
0: brand interior. Now, I have an interesting question for you. Before we wrap things up, if you could, like, I'm not talking about build your own, you know, dream Mark II, but if you could go back and perhaps find a you know mint condition brand new Mark II Golf, which variant would you go for? Like, think about everything we talked about today like all the different ones you've got three doors you've got five doors you've got petrol you've got diesel you've got ones that have got leather seats and you've got the the golf uh, country you've got the gtis you've got all all these different models what would be your ideal one not to modify just to have an experience brand new uh big bumper 16 valves. a big bumper 16 valves yeah what year would that have been? I know I've just talked about it, but I just feel like I've just had a lot of information.
1: 90 specs. Be not, not 1990. 1990,
0: 60, big bumper. in 90. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Obviously, you've had multiple Mark Twos in your lifetime. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up the history lesson on the Mark Two Golf?
1: Uh,
0: what things do you think people don't know about the Golf mark ii uh i mean obviously we can talk about the engine bay for example apparently it's marginally different from the mark one engine bay like in terms of what it, it looks different to yeah,
1: when the end comes off so it's easier to work on yes that's it's true front engines yeah. yeah say that again mate it's easy to change your engines and things like that yeah. on it yeah do bits and pieces um larger engine bike
0: yeah
1: yeah um the servo sits in a a different place to the mark one yeah
0: i think we talked about
1: that before um yeah it's just massively different
0: now on a more personal note like what drew you to the mark two as opposed to perhaps the mark one the mark three or the mark four even like what Because I understand, and, you know, correct me if I'm getting this wrong, you do love the Mark II Golf. It's, you know, it's very obvious. You've worked on enough. What is it about it? And we could get philosophical here. We could get dreamy. We could get whatever you want. But what drew you to it?
1: What is it it about the Mark II Golf? Then I think I, when I first did my first one, just to buy as as a quick flip, I just got it done it and was like wow yes nice car this mm. the, yeah that's all i can think of really can't think of, there's not really a reason why i like it it's just just a good round car i so obviously stepped in a few obviously
0: that one you can see it on our youtube channel guys if you are interested in mark two stuff you want to learn a bit more we've done a few videos on the mark two golf we've done a few we've we've done that sleeper one that you're uh that you did for a customer of yours is it yeah or a, uh, there's a blue. Can you tell us a little bit about that before people go and watch that? What what
1: was that? It's just a bam. Uh, map to, I think it was two seven, two sixty, two seventy brick horsepower,
0: which did scare the pants off me. So if you do enjoy seeing me scared out of my mind, then you can go to our YouTube channel, scroll down to you see the Mark 2 Golf Sleeper and uh and you can see us both with that and that to be fair that had blue interior blue dash right blue carpet and everything the look of the interior of a mark ii does look very very retro and i'm a big fan of that i'm a big fan of that are you are you on sim- the similar wavelength to me or do you like to modify the interior
1: no i like it i like the uh, the simple little, and the, i like the color I like like the brown dashboards and things like that mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, very, very cool. Big fan. And I like the steering wheels as well. Yeah, I like a timeline, 19.
1: I like the quarter light windows and things like that.
0: Nice, 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 nice. Well, there you go, people. That is the Mark II Golf history. A little deep dive. Obviously, if we've got anything wrong, or if there's anything you heard in today's episode and you think, well, that was bullshit, then please do go to our YouTube channel where you will find all of our podcast episodes there. And you can leave a comment underneath the this episode and you can let us know what you think we we've got wrong or what the the uh the 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 article got wrong i should say and also we're going to be doing a lot more deep dives on the volkswagen models and if there's one in particular that you would like us to do next please do leave us a comment as well on the youtube uh, channel on the video or just simply leave us a comment or uh, a dm on our instagram which is at uh old.volks.home on instagram uh we're going to put all links to everything in the show notes below but uh we also do implore you to follow us on all our socials which are what matthew that
1: would be instagram we're on that yeah facebook yes TikTok, we are there as well and
0: twitter twitter we're on as well we don't really go on that because twitter is just cess. Assess- twitter is like uh, a digital public toilet cubicle and you're just reading everybody's graffiti on a on the inside of a toilet cubicle that's what twitter is and for that reason we don't really tend to use it but if you do want to follow us there you are more than welcome to but like we always say youtube is our main baby that's where we get more, most creative. That's where we put all of our little documentaries and videos and all the good stuff there as well. Um, just before we sign off, Matt, what in for you? What Volkswagen model would you like to do next? I know previously we talked about doing the LTS, and of course the Derbys. Anything? Any other models of the Volkswagen? You think? You know what? I'd like to learn about this one.
1: Yeah, commercial LT35. Yeah, that one specifically. Well, yeah, I think it'd be interesting because there's not many people do commercial stuff, is it?
0: <laughs> no, no, it's all very much uh can we say recreational, is that? What yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that would be cool. Um I'd be interested to learn just models that aren't really, you know, the go-to's. Like everybody has got a Mark 1 or a Mark 2 or Mark 3 or Mark 4. And so on and so forth They've had a caddy You know We T3s Even them are quite common um, But you know An LT Even as a camper Like that's pretty rare
1: From From a um, From a camper From camper to (coughs) A flatbed To recovery truck To Loot and van You
0: know Yeah i'm so i'm so uh, excited to learn more and more history so if you would like to join us on this then please do make sure you hit the follow button on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on if it's if it's spotify there should be a follow button if it's youtube you can hit the subscribe button if it's apple Podcasts, hit the plus button you know what to do and hopefully you can hit the notification bell so that every time we release a brand new episode or video you will get notified just in case you forgot now of course me and Matt we try our best to make videos every to come out every Monday we also do podcasts uh, that come out every Thursday so those things you can look forward to um, I've enjoyed this episode I don't know about you Matt I've, I've quite enjoyed learning and uh, I mean I'm excited about the future we've got we've got more videos to make I'm coming up to you very shortly uh, at the end of the month we're gonna film a whole bunch of stuff for our YouTube channel Uh, are you excited yes and what is going on next month next month is caddy campers is that what you're referring to yes it makes change (laughs) so caddy campers is a little event that we're putting on uh and it's from 20 the 21st to the 23rd of april if you don't want to come camping you can of course come for just the one day which is the saturday the plan is to go out well other than the camping side of things we're on the Saturday the main thing is we're getting up after breakfast heading out for a big old convoy drive with everybody else with their old Volkswagens and then probably go somewhere for nice views some photo opportunities just to meet up and talk shit and perhaps maybe in the afternoon get some food and then wander back down to the campsite for uh for the evening so if you did want to come along for that we encourage you to go to the Facebook group. It's called Caddy Campers. Now, I know the name suggests we're we're talking just about caddies, but no, you can bring any old Volkswagen you want. Matt's bringing his T4 Synchro. We've had a few people say that can they bring their Mark II Golf. We've had a few people think, I think they're going to bring a Mark III, but majority of people are bringing their truck, the, the Caddy, the Mark I Caddy. So look forward to that. We look forward to seeing you there. If you don't come, that's fine. I will just say that you probably will get bombarded with a lot of uh, photos and videos around the end of April. So uh, you will feel like you've got FOMO if you don't come. I'm only messing. It's a nice, light-hearted event, isn't it, really? It's nothing to write home about. It's just a bunch of guys getting together and just waffling on about Volkswagens, isn't it, really? And gills. I mean, Sorry? And Gills did you just say gangbang
1: no I said girls bang. girls
0: yes you can bring if your, your, your partners with you Uh, we honestly do not have any grudges or grind uh, you know we're not we'd have a problem with anybody bringing their families and, and pets if you want it's all good baby it's all good so caddy campers we will even put a link in the show notes below if you want to come and well don't join the group if you're not gonna come but there'll be a link in the show notes below Join the group, and you'll have more information there. So, yeah, that's about it. I've been Dan Locke. That's Matt Waldock. and, uh, and that's and, it.
1: And we've got some merch coming soon. You reckon? I reckon so.
0: What would you, in an ideal world? Now, I've got my idea about this, but in an ideal world, if the demand is there, what merchandise would you like to bring out?
1: You want some T-shirts? Yeah, is hats. Uh, banners Banners? Yeah,
0: he. Yeah, a banner What do you mean, banners? You know, a banner What, for people to, to buy a banner? Yeah, to put in their garage Oh, I see, that type of banner, right, okay Oh, so do you think useful? I was thinking, like, you know those, like, big, massive tent poles you can get for camping? Yeah, you and, can get influence. <laughs> Yeah, now you get that overboard Um, Great. We have, sorry? A bandana and stick it around your head yeah i like the idea of that well we're not going to go overboard we're not going to start bringing out like ear protectors and stuff like that or earrings. that would be good wouldn't it earrings Earr- key ring oh yes don't give too much away but we do have some keyrings in the works at the moment as well as stickers and all the rest we're just trialing things out guys okay we want everything to be perfect before bringing it out so uh, look forward to that and as always make sure you hit the like button if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to The Things and follow us on the uh, Instagrams. And we will see you next Thursday with a brand new episode. Say goodbye, Matt. Bye, Matt. <laughs>